I have the papaya advantage. Oh, okay. Tell us about that. What is that? It's an Easter egg. You have to keep listening to find out more. Come on in, everybody. It is the Survivor at Home podcast. We are so excited to have you here as we break down this week's episode of the greatest show on television, Survivor. I am Alex, one of your co-hosts. This is Luke, and we've got a special guest with us this week. Luke, why don't you introduce her? Yes, I'm back. Alex is back, and today we have a very special guest. She participated in season five of Survivor at Home. She was a first timer, barely knew anybody in Survivor at Home, and she played an incredible game. She got right to the final three. I think she put her, oh, I didn't even ask her this beforehand. Maybe we can get her take, but someone put her into the final fire making challenge and she won it. She put herself in the final three and then she lost just like me and came runner up. So this person also, just a little background, she works at a place called Micah House in Hamilton, Ontario, which is a refugee resettlement center. So she helps to provide a safe place for refugees to sleep and to help them find a place to call home. It's pretty important work, and we're really, really proud to have her. She's also a huge fan of camping, so we're going to dive into that. Please <laughs> welcome Steph Schruders. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you. Uh, we know that you're a, a big Survivor fan. Want to know your take on Survivor the show? What does it mean to you? Uh, tell us all about it. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast this week. I am excited to uh, break down the episode with you guys. Mm-hmm. I started watching Survivor in season seven, I believe, with wow. uh, Rupert in Pearl Islands. Rupert was definitely one of my favorite characters. Uh, It was a bit of like a pirate theme. And since then, I've seen every single season except for Blood and Verse Water. I've never gone back to watch that season. So I'll need to do that. (laughs) That was one Uh, of my favorites. That's in my top three favorite seasons. That changed. Oh, that was good. That, That was a shift in how everything works, the relational dynamic of the game. So. I love that. I would highly suggest you go and find it somewhere, but it's not on maybe in Paramount Plus. So I don't know how you're going to. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. Oh, you'll find but, it. <laughs> so during, Steph, what, what kept you coming back to the Survivor well? Yeah, it's it's partly the the challenges. It's the idea of being marooned on an island and having to band together with this group of strangers and live off the land and survive together. Uh, cu- coupled with the challenges, which are epic and exciting, but then also the social game of having to strategize and and vote people out. I really love board games. And so to think about um, some of the strategy behind it. Uh, Back Mm. in the day, I really loved things like the survivor auction. I remember as a kid really loving the auction and was sad when that slowly left. That just I just felt something when you said that, you know, <laughs> like it's just those words make me make my heart pitter patter a little bit. <laughs> also, the first few seasons where Jeff 
would like have this epic travel video montage to the reunion and would like be on the side of a helicopter just some of those (laughs) things just bring a lot of nostalgia yeah truly the best my wife is like no that was ridiculous i was like that was the campiness that made the show so great like it's that now we're seeing to a bigger degree and everybody complains about it but back then it was like i can't believe they're doing this this is so silly they don't do this much they don't do this anymore but at the very beginning of the show they used to show every single one of the survivors in like a big montage right and oh yeah even the ones that got voted out before and that always stirred heartstrings in me like especially for the people who were voted out this is like a good the throwback where they would have the yeah the uh, torches of people who were voted out and then they had to go and reminisce about everybody they voted out. Oh That's no, I... not that part. I'm not <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great half hour of television. <laughs> and they do this, this wandering journey. That was Australian. I think they did that in Australian Outback the first time. For a while. That was a multiple seasons. They did that. And they're like, uh, this is John. He got voted out first. I don't know. I don't know. Moving on. Like, <laughs> It's, it's like so hearing classic. the cannon and seeing their face in the sky, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Little Hunger Games reference. I, mean, I want to talk about Hunger Games later. So I do too. It. Oh, great. I wonder if we'll come up with it at the same time. We'll see. Probably. Steph, it is so good to have you and especially to have your reality TV knowledge, understanding. You are a big reality TV fan as a whole, right? Not just Survivor. Mostly Survivor. <laughs> okay, great. Excellent. Good. All right. That's what I thought. But still, okay, to have that knowledge, to have your awareness, to have your understanding of this, to dive into this week's episode, because it is juicy. There is quite a lot to unpack. There are opinions to be held and to uh, be battled against. And so I am dying to hear what you think about the ups and downs, the twists and turns of this week's episode. Episode seven. Should we get into it, Luke? Let's do it. We start the episode, as always, with the tribe who just went to tribal. And at this point in the game, we know they've merged. They're all one tribe. And we have this real interesting juxtaposition of comfy versus non-comfy. So you've got someone who's really uncomfortable about how that vote went, Jam Jam. And he's kind of talking to everybody, making jokes, uh, talking to the camera about how he does not feel safe. And then you have someone who's comfy and that's matt uh, we don't I, we don't have to say his his last name anymore because he is the only matt at this point in the game so matt feels comfortable confident he feels like he's emerging into the sunlight and i was wondering what's your take on that you have these two players one who's comfy one who's uncomfy and did they play it the way you expected them to is that the way you would kind of approach that after a tribal like that I think for Jam Jam, that's what you have to do. When he had his like talking head to the camera, he was talking about, okay, uh, I need to charm people. I need to make friends. And after seeing your name a couple of times, I, I think you have to kind of blow off the vote and make it seem like you're okay with what just happened. And you're happy that it turned out that way. You're happy that your name came up and uh, that you're excited to keep moving on with people. And then privately, you can be... Uh, sad and uh, yeah for Matt he has had an interesting game so far he hasn't been able to vote yet and he has a a 
fake idol that he will soon learn is a fake idol. And so this is like, finally, it's hard to strategize when you don't have a vote. And so he's finally sprouting yeah. his wings. Yeah. What he thinks. Like the little bird, remember? Out of the nest at the very beginning of the game. I really love flies. that they bring that in. They bring like that. They really close his story loop of the, the little bird. Unfortunately, yeah. he becomes the bird who opens his wings and gets shot out of the sky. But there's this uh, that to, to bring that forward and play <laughs> that all the way through is, is a really great kind of journey for him that we've been watching. And I think that's it. Right. So he's ecstatic with everybody. We've all made the merge and he's extra happy because now he finally gets to play the game a little bit and it really does lead into the next day well yeah it was interesting i thought so just going back to jam jam quickly he said that his strategy in that moment was to charm people and it's like he was talking about friends and bringing friends to him and surrounding himself with friends and i don't i don't know if i necessarily agree with that strategy it just seems a little surface level and sometimes people see that as a threat too. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if I agree with the effort, like with the actual, mm, maybe, I don't know, legitimacy of that strategy. Does that well, make what's sense? What's the alternate? What's the alternate? I don't you just know. Come back raging, but, throw sand in people's pillows. Like, what you, <laughs> I think he's, yeah, yeah I, I agree with Steph. Like, you got to, you got to shrug it off. You got to laugh about it. You got to be jam jam. I, anyways, Matt, but you're just a more the, bitter and angry person, so I get it. In you general, know. yes, <laughs> in general. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> this is this is super spicy right off the bat here, Alex. Oh, it's been too long, my friend. This All is right, it. it has. Matt, though, on the other hand, I was proud of him for figuring out. I mean, it was interesting the people he was sitting down there with, right? I think Brandon uh who else was there kane and jam jam all four of them were sitting on that log and they were talking about the idol and so you've got three different tribes represented across four people and they're all talking about this idol that was found and then brandon brings up that there was actually another one in there a fake idol as well and in that moment i was proud that matt figured it out and then replayed all those things that danny did um to to get him to find that fake idol and to kind of play on his weakness and yeah, yeah that was his really face drop right just like he's all like laughing yeah birdcage idol i've got what like <laughs> <laughs> that moment when it registers yeah, yeah. there's two things in the what there was only one for me what oh shoot like it was it was really interesting how they played that his talking head with that as well so they have him kind of chronologically taking us through that. And, and you see, it's almost like he's processing it, but then you go back to that actual conversation and you're like, Oh, and then he, he reacted to the conversation in the moment, putting it all together and then saying, Oh crap, that means Danny's got something. So that was a really key moment. I think where we did see Matt's, was he an engineer? So what he is, what, what, what's his, like that sort of a mind, whatever his mathematical scientific mind at play, piece it all together and then bring something wise out. Yeah. It, it's interesting and to see. he turned it quickly too, because he not only figured all that right. out and thought about it, but then he used it, used that information, told those other guys about it. The fact that he thinks, oh, Danny, Danny has the, the real idol and told them about it. 
So yeah. now all those three guys, so Brandon Kane, Jam Jam, they all know. I, who who knows who else knows? I'm not sure if anybody else knows, but those three guys at least going forward will know that Danny has an idol. Steph, what were you thinking about, you know, as the idols, as the birdcage idols came out and there was like, oh, there's two in each thing. And, we, you know, early in the season, we were like, how is this going to play out? I can't wait for merge. Right. With a lot of the thought and discussion was like when all of these things come out. Um, what were you, ex- you know, were you excited to see the fake idols come into play or anything like that? Or were you because it seems like they've kind of died at a slow boring death (laughs) yeah at the moment when they first all started it just seemed chaotic and it just seemed like a lot like it was a lot to keep track of and try to remember who has which one and which one's fake and which one's not um but slowly some have left i think or some have been used so there feels like there's a little bit less right now yeah because brandon played his right away but then Mm -hmm. kept his fake idol for whatever he's going to do with it. And then Matthew found an idol and then made a fake one and gave it to Jamie, basically. Yes. Danny's got one, put the fake one back. Carolyn's got one, buried the fake one that Sarah left with. So there's all this, like, there's been a lot of, ooh, that could happen, this could happen, and then none of it happened. (laughs) Yeah, although maybe it did play a little bit of a factor in people's confidence or even just how they played like with Sarah, she thought she went home with an idol. That's true. Right. And And Josh last week, you know, playing with the, I have the birdcage idol and Matt's like, Mm. no, you don't. So, (laughs) (laughs) cause I do, which I don't, but there's like, (laughs) it's true. It's kind of like the knowledge is power thing where it's like the, the advantage has never actually been used, but it's changed to the game when it's in play. Right. And so, I think that's that's what these things have done, have brought, they've changed conversations, even though they haven't been played specifically in Tribal Council. But I, I was hoping for more so far <laughs> from those idols, rather than just a, what? It's fake kind of conversation, you know? Yeah. Is there any player right now, Steph, that, you know, jumps out as a real strength, strong player in the game to you? Someone who's making some big moves. I think it's just been really fascinating to watch Carolyn's game and how like she's so underestimated. And at the beginning, yeah, I didn't know if she would be too much or if she would be annoying. And so I I need to publicly apologize to uh, Carolyn on this podcast. Carolyn, if you're listening, I'm, I'm sorry for judging you. Uh, but I love Carolyn, and it's been so fascinating in multiple conversations to see the way that people dismiss her and the way that people, um, yeah, are ignoring her or just, yeah, aren't giving her um, any thought in terms of her strategy. And when she talks to the camera, you can hear that she's thinking deeply about what's happening and she mm-hmm. hasn't told anybody about her idol. And so I think that she's been playing a really uh, interesting under the radar game that in one of these episodes, if she is able to play her idol, it's going to shock so many people when they start to realize the way that she has been playing. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I think she's going to play it. I think it's going to drop 
change. I think that's going to, when she plays it, I, I hope anyways, again, as you know, I hope the idol play happens. I hope hers is played with the expectation that I have for it, that it will actually change the dynamic of mm-hmm. the power, shift the power. Um, yeah, she is a pretty popular topic player wise. I think even on this podcast, among all of the other hosts and guests that we've had, even just when I talk about the game with friends, Carolyn comes up almost the first name. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty much Carolyn, then Jam Jam. And I it, I was thinking about Carolyn today and trying to really peg her as a player. And it's really, it's difficult because sometimes I see um, a lack of restraint in a way She's definitely reeled it in since the beginning, like you were saying, Steph. And I felt the same way, I think, because even that first podcast, when, when we did yep. the 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 first episode, I said people picked her to win and she has a long way to go. But she has made the correct moves, I think, even if maybe it wasn't all um, I ideal in the moment maybe mm-hmm. just so, sort of worked out that way and yeah, i just don't, i don't know how to peg her maybe it's her history and how she's battled herself before and that amount of self-control and the fact that she's learned that already may be part of that that's a Ooh. big that's i don't know that's like a lot of my thoughts there of what i don't know it's that's like my entire day just so you know <laughs> <laughs> that's where i've been that's <laughs> Uh, I think I need to, I would need to go back to the first episode and listen to us again, but I think I, I called her to win from the beginning. Just, I hope I did because I thought I it. Don't, no, I called Matt Blankenship. <laughs> <laughs> who do you, yeah. I don't know who else I would have called. I mean, okay, we'll go back and listen because that, that maybe Carson, but Steph, um, at the very beginning, who did you think was going to win? Like take it all. Did you have a guess? Um, at the Survivor event in Toronto, I met Danny. And so yes. I have this like, like, well, I met him. I have to cheer for him now. And so I, I did like him at the beginning. He's getting a little bit cocky now. And but uh, I think that he's playing a OK game. Yeah, it's really hard at the beginning to pick a winner. Uh, there wasn't anyone actually. I also picked Claire, if we uh, want to <laughs> mention her her name. But, Claire was yeah. a good pick at the beginning. I thought. a lot of people picked her to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny's been playing great, and I mean, I get it. If you meet somebody who's played the game before you actually watch the game, you probably have a soft spot for them, right? Super fan immediately. You also met Wendell though, and a couple other players too, right? At that event. Yes. Uh, we- I went to two events, uh, and the second one, I met Marianne and Omer and uh, Ricard. Cool. James from last season. Yeah, it was fun. Was that weird to see them in person? Yeah. It was especially because Omer was wearing his uh, ostrich shirt. Yeah. (laughs) It was as if he had another shirt. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, Wendell and Bryce were really uh, engaging and talked to everybody. They were really great. For Omer and Marianne, there was a lot of people that were trying to talk to them the whole time. Omer did a pretty good job of, of walking around the room and, and talking to everybody. But yeah, it was really fun. And just to be in a room of people who also all love Survivor, mm. it was a, a fun experience. There's something really, I mean, that's what's really special about this, right? That's, that is the survivor at home community is we found it's a bunch of misfits coming together, realizing like, we're not the only ones. It's not just me that's watching this show anymore. Look at this. There's at least 35 other people who still like the show. And then I can imagine you go to a place like that. And what was there? 400 something people. I don't know, whatever there was at your, at the, the premiere uh, Bryce and when party that you went to, that would be. That'd be a hoot. A hoot. A hoot. <laughs> to, to, for the Omer Owl reference shirt. There you go. Uh, amazing. Okay, so good. We, we, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to let it slide. Just stick your head okay. in the sand. Okay, wait, wait. All right, all right. Little game time. What sound does an ostrich make? That's what I say when I, when we read it in the, in the book that I read to my son, Eli. We see an ostrich. That's the sound. That's the sound. And you look it up and tell me you're, I'm wrong. We have this is good because we have a uh, a game, kind of a running game in our family to try to imitate a cricket sound. And so, Steph, you know, you're a big camper. Maybe you can do this as well. But <laughs> <laughs> try to imitate a cricket sound. I think it's impossible. OK, so speaking of crickets, good. we look at um, all of these different. It's interesting. All the people who are kind of talking to each other. Uh, and, and I think Jam Jam talks about how he's going to make an alliance of short people. Is that true? Or was did I just hear that? Maybe I just heard that. But we also we see glimpses of a few people talking together. I thought it was real interesting that Matt, Franny, Kane and Carson all sort of um, strategize together. They seem like they're kind of cut from the same cloth in a way and like they might understand each other pretty well. But Carson also seems to be at the center of a lot of different conversations right he and carolyn and jam jam seem to be kind of a tight trusting three as well so i thought it was really interesting seeing all these different um combinations play out hey yeah definitely i uh noticed the i guess maybe there are four of the younger people coming together and talking about blindsiding danny and was getting excited about a potential blindside um and then carson right away went back to Carolyn and Jam Jam to also share kind of the update with them. And so, yeah, Karsten's kind of gathering information on all the sides. Yeah. It was building up to be quite exciting. You're really seeing these people work the merge and mm -hmm. we're thinking, how is Jam Jam going to get through this? And then you see Carson do the right thing of, have his alliance, but then move in towards another one of like-minded people that are from different, two different tribes already. So there's these intermingling of alliances that we're really seeing like it build towards, ah, this is what it's about. This is when it gets good in the game. And then they didn't let us have it. I know. And it <laughs> seemed like, I mean, in the vote, we saw that it looked like um, Ratu worked together, whether that was just because of the numbers or because of a pre-planned idea. 
I don't know, but Kane seems to be very close with Carson. And Carson is very close with um, Carolyn Jam Jam. And I guess maybe now with Franny too. But Franny is also tight with Heidi, like really tight. So there's a lot of moving pieces. And it if Ratu ends up thinking that they can take on everybody else, I think they might be mistaken there. So what I see sometimes after Merge, and it kind of upsets me, and I'm wondering what you guys think about this, is that the tribes still stick together, regardless sometimes of their quarrels beforehand. Like instead of working with other people, the tribe alliances continue. And in a way, it kind of bothers me. What do you think? Well, we we haven't fully been able to see that yet after this merge. Um, But uh, also in the season, there was some tribe swaps between people, just like one or two people. Um, For Jamie, I don't think she connected to the tribe that she went to. I feel like she's still connected to her original tribe. For Carson, he joined Ratu. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he may have, I guess that's where he connected more to Kane when he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Josh was the other one. But um, besides those, it seems like everybody pretty much is staying with who they are at this moment, but it didn't get tested this week. And mm-hmm. so we don't have a full answer. Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. It's, it's, there's a few, okay, who are the tight pairings at this point? Like, who are the alliances? We've got Matt and Franny, obviously. Mm-hmm. You've got, I guess, Jam Jam and Carolyn and Carson. I, I thought Kane and, well, Kane and Carson, but also I thought Kane and Brandon were enemies, but it seemed like they were kind of hanging out together. But I don't, yeah, it is tough. I, it's tough to really figure out who's actually, aside from maybe Carson, Jam Jam, and Carolyn. Right. Right. It's it's been it's been a strange season for that. Again, we haven't seen there's been so much gameplay twists and turns that we haven't seen much of the, you know, alliance dynamic, the relational social dynamic um, develop. Do you agree? I mean, like it's it's kind of in your face, but but just even talking about this right now, like trying to figure out who's with who, I know it's always a bit of a a mix up, but everybody seems really light at best connections. Like even Carolyn and Jam Jam, you're like, but I bet one of them would flip on the other one if if necessary. Like, I just don't see it much. So I don't know if that's there or what to do with that. Steph, do you have any thoughts on the alliances that we see or don't see? The other one that we saw a little bit at the beginning was Danny and Heidi had a bit of oh, a yeah. connection. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, they had a few moments of talking together. But besides that, like Lauren and, and even Brandon, we haven't since the first episode, haven't seen that much from yeah. him. There's been a lot of focus on Franny and Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh it's... carolyn and jam jam i guess are like the two couples that we've mostly seen i don't know what heidi's thinking like anytime as you say like danny and heidi i'm like i don't know i just i just don't know what she's doing I, or I, thinking or strategizing i guess the moment in another episode was more so her saying 
Danny's my number one and I think he's my like he's my number one but it was more so coming from her perspective saying that they're each other's one-on-one right we haven't really heard from Danny I don't think who his number one is it's just it's it's an interesting season where definitely I mean it seems and it seems forced upon them to make the alliances the movements very fluid Mm -hmm. very loose so that one day to the next, you don't know who's with who and who's going with who. And some of that is relational dynamics. A lot of that is gameplay dynamics and twists forcing that upon them. And it will be interesting to see how the next six or so episodes play out to the end to see this happen. But that's definitely a theme that's showing up in this this season that is worth keeping an eye on. That speaks to we we talked about this a little bit before, and this has been talked about in a couple of other episodes of the podcast, but even all the introductions of the twists and turns from production. Um, let's let's talk maybe about the challenge. That's where yeah, let's get into that sort of sort of hits the wall. Yep. So I just wrote down in my notes here, I said immunity galore galore. <laughs> And stacks uh, okay. on stacks on stacks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought first impression, the immunity necklace, super cool. I thought it was awesome. So huge turn from that sword and shield in my eyes. I got to say last week when we were watching that, we were like, what's the necklace going to look like? Because we thought they would bring in the individual last week. And mm. I said to my family, I was like, it'll be a dragon. And then this week when they brought it out, the, my kids bones. were like, dad, it's dragon scales. You're amazing. You're the <laughs> smartest man that's ever lived. And you're super handsome and funny. And so, oh, you're going to use that uh, as the intro to this podcast. I know it. I know it. Ah, oh, dang it. And you're going to cut all this out. What I'm saying right now. Steph, did you like the immunity necklace? Did you think it was cool? How'd you feel about the sword and the shield? <laughs> I, uh, watching the episode, they showed the necklace and it was only for a millisecond, but I looked, when I saw it, I thought it looked nice. I, mm-hmm. It kind of have, had a blue hue to it. Yeah. And I remembered thinking, oh, I want to go back and look at it more closely, which I haven't done yet. But I would be proud to wear that necklace. Mm. There was a pretty good close up when Brandon was talking about having won it and it was sitting on the ground beside him and you saw like, it looked to me, yeah, dragon scales or like a, almost like the bones of a dragon tail or something like that. It yeah. looked really cool. I thought it was really neat. So even, you know, even a stone cold heart like mine can be warmed. <laughs> okay. So. so tell us about what, what, tell us about the challenge here. What happened? Yeah, what so the like, like I said, immunity galore, right? Because immunities for everybody almost seems like I wrote down the potential. It was wild that so many people such a high percentage of the merged tribe i don't think this has ever been seen before could win immunity so you have the winner from each each team uh, that's selected randomly by the way the winner of each team gets immunity but also whichever of the two teams finishes or wins or whatever that whole team gets immunity so not just two people but potentially seven or six. eight yeah no oh yeah seven. seven is either six or seven six or seven yeah because right. there was 11 of them and four of them were valid to vote for so here we go i'm doing this math without a calculator that no. leaves seven yeah, six or seven yeah 
Good job, everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I thought I wrote down also to bottleneck of votes because then you've got you this I didn't mind this twist because it kind of brings uh it brings a big focus on a few people. And so you have to trust all of these connections that you've built on both of those random teams. And if there's four people or five people who are eligible to vote, like less less than half the tribe or half the tribe, yeah, then I thought that was interesting, right? Because then all of a sudden you're in the spotlight and it makes for interesting gameplay. But then we've got another twist, right? And then then we we find out that not only does the winning try the winning team, sorry, not only do they get immunity, but they also lose their votes and they sit in the jury box, which I thought was insane. Like you're still in the game, you're still playing in the game, but you're sitting where the jury would sit. That would be that would mess with my mind. And then you lose your votes, but then the losers go to tribal, and it's only those those people who are who are voted for. Also, they threw in a reward or whatever too. So there's a lot happening there. How did you guys feel about that twist? I already kind of made my opinion clear. But did you? But did <laughs> you? I want to hear how how you process that as you watch that unfold. Um, I think for me, there was just such a big component of luck in this, in terms of mm. drawing the rocks, which tribes you are on. Um, after, like Brandon having the immunity, there's only four people that could be voted for at the merge. I was excited to see where things would play out. I was excited to see if people were going to work together across their tribes, especially because we started with three tribes. There's just a lot of intermixing that could happen after the merge. And I was looking forward to seeing what would happen. Also, last week, they split everyone into two groups. And so now they're right. They are splitting again. Um, yeah, I, I had been hoping to see everybody together, one mm-hmm. single immunity right. idol, and then mm-hmm. letting that kind of social and strategy come out and seeing who is the target going to be after the merge, what relationships are holding strong, what happened. Some people know each other because they went on those, uh, walks together, whatever those things are called. And uh, yeah. yeah, kind of seeing how some of those relationships would play out. But even now they're separated on two different beaches. There was no discussion mm. that could happen. And so That's when wild. you're on such a small tribe, we just came from small tribes. I think I wanted to see what a big tribe dynamic would look like. I agree with you, Steph, completely. I'm like, I wanted so much, right? Again, they set us up with all these tribe dynamics and these individual relationships. How are they going to play out? And then just like mm. wrapped on it all. There's so much yeah, yeah. immunity it was, galore. Mm. It reminded me. So it's just this, that's cool. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, that's more. Oh, that's too much. My mom used to pour Christmas presents on my kids. Like, they would just lay on the ground. She would just dump out a sack of presents on them is what it felt wow. like. We were, <laughs> there was once where like my daughter was trying to open a present and, and then she like wanted to play with it, but there was a pile of presents sitting in the corner. And so my mom was like, okay, you can't play with it right now, darling. You have to open up this one. And she's like, oh, okay. And then went and opened up that one and then wanted to play with that or read the book. And then my mom was like, right. here, now you have to open up this one. Right. So my daughter's like, I want to play with the toy in front of me. But my mom's like, open the next gift. 
And that's what this felt like. There's too many friggin' presents. <laughs> we couldn't enjoy what was in front of us because they just kept piling stuff on. And I'm done with it. Let the kids friggin' play. I agree to a point. I think that the chaos of finding the keys for the winning tribe and opening the cage was fun to watch. It was crazy and fun. But with I all agree. of those that things was fun. put together, it was too, it just, I watched it twice and I still had a hard time thinking, what is the actual play here? I, you guys talked about how you were looking for tribe or inter-tribe dynamics. I think it still played out because in the winning tribe, they all discussed how are you going to use this um, control of vote, right? Mm -hmm. So there was still inter-tribe dynamics. People are like, I want to save Matt. I want to save Jam Jam. Let's save both of them. And then on the other side, yeah, it does suck because like you said, Steph, it was really random. You have Jam Jam and Matt who are definitely on the bottom of that random team of people. And like, but I don't know. You still see the intertribe dynamic. There was, I liked pieces of it, but the fact that it was all back to back to back to back, it, like you said, I do agree. It felt like too much. Maybe they could have spread some of those out over, like put the key thing a little later in the game or even just given us one episode where there's a whole, like the, the whole tribe just together, do they do one normal vote. There was one moment in the, tribal council where Jamie said something as she's thinking about who to vote for she said what does my vote do to the relationships who are watching this mm -hmm. and that did make me realize okay even though the other people aren't voting there still is that entire tribe dynamic because um people are watching as you were saying Luke um mm -hmm. but it still would have been more enjoyable to have everyone participate well, and I think, and I think that's it. I think that's of all of that. I'd say that's where they missed was it would have been like, do, do you agree? It would have been really cool to have those six people in on the conversation, yeah. but not able to vote. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating to me to think, how is Carolyn going to try to convince Brandon to not vote for Jam Jam? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But instead, you've just you're back to a five person tribe mm -hmm. where there's clearly two on the bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, we're wondering who's going to go home. So there is some tension there. But but which of those two? But, you know, it's going to be one of those two. And we're wondering who's Heidi going to make vote. But does it make a difference? How would that? I played this out. The game? So, yeah, good. I, I played this out a little bit because I did have that same question. What legitimately? Like, what power does that actually have the control of vote, especially because everybody knows that Lauren has two votes. So what power did it actually have? And really, it only because she said that she could have saved both of them. Right. Matt and Jam Jam. She said at one point, I, I have the power to potentially save both of them. Heidi said that Heidi said that. And I think the only way it would have worked is if. Um, I think I wonder if she thought that by controlling Lauren's vote, she could control both. Or she thought maybe, yeah, they would split it. But then again, she says it before they even go to vote. 
Like she announced in front of everybody, you're changing your vote to this person. And, and it's funny because Jam Jam is still in the game. Like Heidi, yeah. he knows that Heidi and maybe other people wanted him out from that group. It's, I don't know. What power did it have? I don't know. It kind of felt lacking a little bit. I wonder. Yeah, I, think, I wonder if she had taken Brandon's vote and told him to vote for Jamie. Then the two on the bottom, um, Jam Jam and Matt, could have also voted for Jamie. And that would have been three. Um, It's possible that Lauren wouldn't have used her extra vote at that time because she wasn't the one being voted for. And so she could have kept her extra vote. And then if there was a way that... Heidi could have kind of changed the vote so that, um, yeah, Matt and Jam Jam vote together with the vote that Heidi's taking. Yeah. It would have been if she votes for, or if, yeah, if uh, Heidi says, like, you know, Jamie, no, yeah, Jamie vote for Lauren, then Matt and Jam Jam could also vote for Lauren. I think that's, again, yeah. that's the public thing is here's a cue for you two to do the same. Right. So if she said, vote Jamie, vote for, or Brandon, vote for Lauren, then you've got three votes on Lauren. And now there's Lauren's two votes and Brandon's vote. So it could have been potentially then those, she decides those three go on Matt. Now you've got a Matt and Lauren tie. Lauren can't re-vote. Lauren's going to go in the, in the re-vote. That's right. the only so way that you, I'm like, oh, that could have been interesting. But are you playing it so that you're controlling the vote of the person that you want out? Or are you playing it so that you control the the vote of somebody to vote for the person that you want out? Right. So if you really want to yeah. jam jam out, don't you just control his vote and make him vote for Brandon or something? And then Matt's and then they whatever. I think I feel like that's that's one vote off of Matt. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, how would you play that? Yeah, I think my brain actually doesn't work like that. I don't I can't I can't think of the idea of controlling I want Jam Jam out, so I'm going to use his vote to go somewhere else. I would think as linearly as Heidi played it, which is I want to make sure that a vote goes on him and that everybody knows that he's the one that we want out. See, and this is and why hope that I, they follow suit. Go ahead. This yeah. is why I thought that advantage was is better is probably better played later in the game when there's less people if you divide the if you divide t- into teams and you only give the power to control one vote it felt like it was still a little bit lacking but maybe that's just the way it, it crumbled right with the randomization of the team but i just thought it would probably have been better played or better introduced a little later in the game maybe one or two votes later i wonder if that was the third journey advantage you know how that like there was we saw the the inheritance advantage the the bank a vote and maybe control a vote was i'm so i I just want to know what that third one was i don't know that it would have worked how they would have worked that in earlier in the game i don't think that i think they would it would have been different because they would have planned this already for later in the game right the control of vote well okay but maybe okay but let's say (laughs) 
hypothetically, great. Let's go back and say you get to control a vote. It means you go to tribal council and you get to control someone's vote in tribal. So if it's the if it's the three of us in tribal and I have the control of vote advantage, I'm going to play that and make sure that Steph votes for Luke. I'm also going to vote for Luke. There we go. I think it could work in an earlier time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have the super squirrel advantage, which allows me to (laughs) survive forever. So (laughs) the squirrel advantage. That sounds powerful. I have the papaya advantage. Oh, okay. Tell us about that. What is that? It's an Easter egg. You have to keep listening to find out more. Yeah, just quickly going back to that challenge, I I would place in placing myself in that challenge. If if Brandon is choosing the other team, Carson, sorry, I'm gonna if Carson chooses to go to the uh, or to rely on the other team, that's gonna make me play hard, harder. I thought it was interesting when Jeff introduced all of these twists at the challenge. Franny thought about it, and later you think if Franny had just lost, she would have had immunity, and Matt would have been safe. She yeah. already knew that she was safe, but she could have just dumped the ball over and still had her vote, voted out one of the people in her t- on her team, and then Matt still would have been safe, right? Because he would have had immunity through the power of the, the rest of the team. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and I think it would have been an amazing move if she yeah. had done that. But I, yeah, I th- I think it would just have been amazing. But I also recognize how this is the excitement of winning your own immunity idol, and especially against Brandon. I don't know if in that moment she was thinking True. like farther along, but instead in the moment she's just thinking, okay, hold on, I'm going to win it for my team. Um, but definitely retrospectively, um, I think she might be kicking herself to be perhaps have made that move. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah, down I- 4-1 too, right? There were four players against her. Sorry, Alex. Yeah, they both have it. When it got down to one-on-one, you're both safe. What would the advantage be of dropping? And I couldn't figure it out in the moment. I've only in conversations afterwards has it become relevant that like, oh, yeah, then she has her closest ally. She still has to get rid of someone. It doesn't matter. You're safe. But also maybe she wanted peanut butter and jam. So that's it. Yeah, and you also want to save face, I guess. You just want to compete. So that's, yeah, we're all competitors. Okay, so then next, after the immunity challenge, the winning team goes to reward. Then you've, and they also find out through that letter that they they read after they eat all their PB&J and their chips. And there's, I don't know what they were drinking. Was it iced tea or something like that? Yeah. Iced tea. That's delightful. I really liked that. I thought that was a great, I mean, PB&J is like the ultimate sandwich. That's like the top, not like you got your everything that you need in a sandwich. It's it's joy, pure joy and protein and sugar. I'm allergic to peanut butter, so it's pure death. But no, continue. are you actually? Oh, yeah, that would I would be. You bury me in the sand right there. Is there like a legitimate option for peanut butter for people like you? Or are you allergic to a bunch of nuts? I am. You could. <laughs> there's I, I think sun. Uh, is it sunflower butter? Mm. apparently it kind of the closest okay. in taste yeah but i actually i like i almost can't stand it like i smell it and i'm like it's ah, it's just it's so you're it's almost, you can smell it and you're, you don't do you don't react to oh the yeah smell yeah it. it's not no it's not airborne thank oh. 
goodness. Wow. It's like I make my kids peanut butter and jam sandwiches. I just don't make sure I don't lick my fingers afterwards. Hmm. <laughs> okay. But I, when I see something like that, I, I imagine the conversation that I'm having off to the side with the producers going like, can you make mine? Just sunflower seeds. Do you have any wow butter? butter. Is that, is that, <laughs> mm, could we do that? Sorry. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big thought for me. Cause I, and, and like seafood, I'm allergic to seafood. So like when they do get a big catch of fish, like what am I eating? Like there, that's been a big thing for me. You yeah, know, you when I get on the show that it's going to be allergic tough. to rice and fun. Anyways, um, one PB of the, and J, I love sunflower seeds, but PB and J is freaking amazing. Um, so I was, I thought, you know, that's an awesome reward, even as like, it was just kind of like thrown in there. Um, and then they, they read this letter, they find out that there's an advantage in the birdcage. We talked about this, but all the events surrounding it were very interesting. I thought the fact that they hung trees or hung keys in trees. And I, I was like, if, if I read that letter and I was thinking, go and find keys, like, Hey, how many keys are there? Are you looking for a key that's well hidden? Because like, if you're production, would you hide it really well? Like, are you looking for the first key you find and then try to, it was nuts. Like, I wonder how long that took them, right? When they opened the letter and uh, they read it and then they're like, go, there's that moment where they all look at each other. Mm, yeah. And I just like <laughs> felt this excitement inside of me of what yeah. it would be like to be in that moment where you just yeah. stare at each other and you all jump up and run. Yeah. <laughs> they giggled too. I think exciting. Franny was giggling. Yes. That was so cute. <laughs> it was got, fun. That was some good pure fun. I like that. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of commentary from Kane while everybody was looking for yes. keys. Yes. And yeah, it made me think like, oh, is he getting the key? Because they were highlighting him and he was talking about how fun it was finding these magical things in the forest. And the music as well kept kind of uh, crescendoing with different people. And I was like, is it this one? Is it this one? But I, that part of the episode was, was exciting. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I wonder, I don't know. If, I think they showed everybody finding at least one key. But yeah, I wonder how hard they were hidden. And honestly, if they were, like, I know when my, when my parents hid Easter eggs all over the house when we were kids, we would we would have like a list of the number of each candy that we were to find. So it would be like five Hershey kisses and like 10 chocolate eggs and like six jelly beans. And you'd run around and you'd find all these things. And if you found eight jelly beans, you'd pick the better colors and you'd leave the other two for your siblings. But we always lost candies and they were found years later. So I wonder if there's going to be keys in that forest for years to come. Like they're not going to write down where all those keys are hidden, right? Like they, there's got to be some lost there. Maybe we can go and find some. That reminds me of like youth ministry. We used to do that. We used to play like airsoft. We'd get to the church at night, yes. like just a, a select few could go and play airsoft guns. And then like the next morning, we're finding these little yellow bullets under yep. the, the the pews. We're like, yep. uh, not us. But Same yeah, thing. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We had Nerf gun wars with our youth group and, You'd find them like on top of hymnals, like in the piano, found them in the pastor's office. It was, yeah, it was awesome. I love stuff like that. Better than finding eggies like three years later under a pillow, I think. Or mini eggs. They both kind of suck. What's your take on that stuff? Do you like any of that Easter candy? Oh, yes. I, I would vote for the mini eggs for sure. Ooh, one for the mini eggs. Alex. They all kill me. I, I'm allergic to all of it. 
Here we go. This is the theme of the they episode. Don't have peanut is, butter. I also selfish. dairy. I'm also allergic to dairy, and I'm also allergic to eggs. They're all anaphylactic. I am a Poor freak man. of nature. Wow. So, what's your go-to meal then? Is it rice already? I think you're prepped. Yeah, for survivor. Dry white rice, uh, uncooked. Dry. Because <laughs> steam, steam, you know, gets to my skin. <laughs> The crunchier, the better. Love how it gets stuck between my teeth. That's so like sad. I'm a meat and potatoes, meat potatoes, veggies. You can okay. get any okay. meat, any any veggies. I'm good with it. Give gotcha. me all that stuff. Some yeah. some pasta, just not creamy sauce. I've survived quite well for this long. It's just gonna be hard when I'm on an island and people want me to eat the the cl- the crabs that they just caught. Yeah. You know what was no funny at the end when Heidi ended up finding the key and unlocking it, she turned in like hugged Franny right away. Right. Did you? I, did you? Franny was like, like that "What was are weird? we doing?" There was a moment where Franny. It looked like Franny was like kind of paused and was like, "I don't want to hug you," and uh-huh. then went for it. <laughs> She's like, "I yeah." Heidi was but, celebrate with me, and Franny in her head is like, "I don't want to celebrate with you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was again. I think cause... I think Heidi thinks a lot more is going on than is, or she thinks things are a lot more serious than they are. So she gets this and she says it's for Soka. And Franny's like, "Is that what she said? What? I thought she said. I thought she just said we're good." I, I remember the phrase "we're good." I don't remember the Soka part. <laughs> I I just thought that okay. It's interesting that you peg Heidi as an overthinker. I have not thought about that her in that way but now that i look back at her gameplay i can kind of see that and i think she did the same with the control of vote she yes. did something that i again we that we've already talked about like was that what was that play right what was that and i don't know she's she's a she's a bit of a conundrum to me mhm uh, yeah yeah, I don't know. I, it was interesting. Like, I I have a feeling they have a bit of a connection, Heidi, or maybe it's Heidi to Franny, or whatever. But again, there's that little tribal line that she seems to play like for Soka, right? But yeah, mm, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I guess how that plays out because I am really interested to see how Franny's game changes now that Matt is out, and if you saw the clip for next week. Franny, I, I've I've always seen Franny as a really great player. She's she's competitive in the challenges. She seems to think pretty level-headedly. That's the way I've seen it. And now that Matt is gone, will that help her game? Or will she just play with vengeance and maybe be a little bit uncontrolled? I'm curious. What do you think? Focused, zoned in. Mm-hmm. clear eyes strong heart let's go franny's got this maybe she was my pick for the win <laughs> yeah it was either franny or carolyn so yeah now you're hedging your bets i know that's it i think that there was a, a target on franny and matt because they were this couple and so they have been talked about in different episodes where people have made mention of them of like they're together that's strong and so i think this might be good for Franny's game because it does take some of the eyes off of her now that she doesn't have that uh, wingman right beside her anymore. There might be looking at bigger threats instead of her. So, 
even though it was sad, it, it might be good for her game that um, mm-hmm. that has been voted out. Yeah, good who time. does she turn to though? Heidi, maybe Kane. Yeah, maybe the maybe that new nerd alliance with yeah. uh, Kane Carson. Was that it? The three of them. Yeah, Kane Carson, and maybe if they bring Carolyn and Jam Jam in, I'd be down for that. So then we okay. Uh, so we have ten people left. Five. We have ten left, right? Is that how yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you've got so if Franny joins with Kane and Carson, let's say they are potentially solid. Carson brings in Jam Jam and Carolyn. You've got five there. That's decent. And then you've got I don't know. Jamie seems pretty locked in with her Ratu people. Right. So then you've got Jamie, Lauren, Brandon, Danny, Heidi as the other five. Danny, Heidi, Dan. Yeah. Uh, I'm cheering for the the outcasts over that five. That's what I mm-hmm. the other try the other five. The those five I really see as like there's like they're the misfits. They're the outcasts. Mm-hmm. They're the the where the outsiders. The where do I belong in this world kind of people. Matt was a player that I connected to pretty quick in the game. Like when he started talking about some of his relationship stuff, I think. And maybe some other people could relate to that. But I think I saw where he was at. And I've been in a painful place like that before in my life. I think each one of those players, especially the way that they tell their stories, can connect to anybody. I'm sad to see Matt go. I know that there's some other players that I would root for. Probably Kane, because he feels like someone familiar. Um, That's kind of... I Like, I root for good gameplay. But I'm also looking for people that I relate to. I was wondering, Steph, like, is there a player that maybe from the beginning, it could be somebody who's been voted out or someone who's still in the game. Is there someone not necessarily that you see as the biggest threat or the biggest power, but somebody that you relate to the most? Or is it just Danny? And that and that and that moment you had. (laughs) No, it's not just Danny. Oh. I I think I I enjoy the show more when there is someone that I connect to and can uh, go along in their story and root for them and think what would I do in that situation. And in the past, maybe it was Erica in the past seasons Mm. uh, was someone who was uh, played a little bit of a um underground game mm-hmm. i guess like it just wasn't as in your face in survivor at home as well i wasn't the person that was the loudest in the room but i was yeah. taking a, a step back and paying attention to everything and i was really loyal and in no that's not true i wasn't loyal to my <laughs> initial alliance <laughs> scratch that um <laughs> but for me in survivor at home my relationship with Paula was really important. And um, yeah, in this cast from the very beginning, there just wasn't someone that like stood out to me like there has been in other seasons. I think that there's just like a lot of really great players in this game in this season, but there wasn't one specific person. Hmm. It is, even as you say, Erica, though, that is interesting to think of your survivor at home experience. And yeah, yes. very similar game i would say to what Actually, we saw yeah, erica that's play. true um mm-hmm. and and just a couple votes away from taking it from steph i 
and having it actually be Steph S as read out yeah. as champion at the end. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really good, strong game to play that people don't really see necessarily yeah. being played, which is, um, yeah, and I think that was the hard part then being at tribal council was being able to show my story and tell mm -hmm. my story at the end because a lot of the people weren't in my tribe at the beginning. And so they weren't in those conversations and they weren't with us in the challenge. And so then to not have been the loudest and the one taking up the most space to then try to sell my story at the end, I think is the part that I am learning how to do in mm -hmm. terms of yeah when you made moves that people didn't know about or didn't see how do you bring those to light in a way that um the jury can connect with yeah i mean and, i was in the jury there and you were very articulate and well-spoken you you described your game very well i voted for you to win i i saw your game but not just through the way that you explained it but also through other jury members too and the way that they talked about your game and i it's interesting being on the in even in a survivor at home context being on the jury and hearing from other players and then thinking about survivor the game mm -hmm. the tv show and thinking about how those jury members may even influence each other just based on the way that they describe the gameplay of maybe erica right or Gabler, apparently that was happening a lot last season. They all kind of decided who to vote for and then came out and, and did it. But I, I I love thinking, that's that's what's so interesting about this cast right now on 44 is like, put any of them, I know there's a lot of games still left to play, but what would they talk about right now as a big move? What would any of them say was, this was something that I did strategically to get forward in the game. Very few of them, I think, have anything notable to say at this point. Usually by this point in the game, there's some there's some move, there's some betrayal, there's something that's happened, there's some alliance, but we just haven't been able to see it yet if yeah, it's there. I think, I think Carson pulled off a blind side at the beginning. Carson's done some pretty... He's made some big moves. I think Carolyn's made some moves. That's it. Those are the two that I would think of. Yeah. Jam Jam maybe he's got the survival narrative which owen had yeah. last season and got zero votes so sure go for it but yeah <laughs> maybe At anyways tribal... we're not there yet we'll get there but uh i'm excited to see what kind of moves do happen and how steph to your point how they articulate them when they get to the end in the in the episode this week at tribal um it was, I thought for me and maybe for you guys too, I think I, I talked about this already, but strange to see people who are in the game in the sitting where the jury sits. And then you see these five people on the, you know, in the front, but it's not just those five people they're playing, but the, their, their fellow players are watching who will join them then after tribal and they're watching everything that's going down. Matt makes a huge push for himself. He like, Maybe talks a little bit too much, but I loved the papaya. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> he brings it out, thought, hey, let's break open this papaya. Maybe no one has to go home. Don't have to snuff any torches. I thought that was creative and really I was fun. so glad they left that in. Like, that's yeah. so easy to cut. 
but it just highlights exactly who he is. As soon as he did that, I was like, oh man, he's gone. Like <laughs> you don't leave that kind of crap in the show um, without doing it for a purpose to highlight more of what we already love about Matt. And it really was, that was a, that was a pure good moment. I like that. Well, yeah, the poor guy doesn't have his bag. And so, <laughs> and so he doesn't have his uh, shot in the dark. He doesn't have his fake idol. Yeah. And so the only thing he could bring was his papaya. His bag of tricks, yeah. I wish there was a face drawn on it, a little Wilson kind of thing. Oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> I love I that when, Jeff. when Jeff said, are there any idols or advantages to play? Now's the time. And, and it zoomed in on that papaya and just uh, straight up glamour shot that was amazing just such a funny little twist oh, the other funny i didn't even say this but when they they're uh matt's talking and he's talking about forgetting his bag and he yells franny bring my bag and yeah. they, they zoom out from the island and you hear it <laughs> echoing around the island i thought that was a that was a great choice it was so yeah. funny yeah really some some <laughs> some playful moments in this mm. mixed in with a bunch of like WTF strategy and and twists and stuff. You're like, what is going on? But some some play there, and then you got that that joyful little moment, and then what? One of the like most tear filled, yeah, saddest emotional tribal councils uh, we've seen in a long time. There's been tribal councils with drama and like you know uh, intent or tension, mm -hmm. but this one was just purely two men who. Yeah. We're desperate to stay in this game and we're given it a moment to share their heart. Yeah. Did you cry? I did. I actually did. Yeah. Steph? I did too. There we go. Excellent. Three for three. Yeah. I, that was a you, family you looks over connect. at me and I, I wiped the, <laughs> the tears away. Like, of course I'm crying. Yeah. Imagine like, that. I, yeah. I, that was tough not to, not to feel something. Those guys both were very honest and, I mean, they're probably in a very vulnerable place, but yeah, that was incredible. I like that they left that in and that Jeff not just asked Matt, mm -hmm. but asked Jam Jam as well. It was cool to hear their stories and that they were able to tell that in front of everybody. With Jam Jam, Jeff was, uh, yeah, led him into the question by calling him out for deflecting with humor. Right. And I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But man, what a ride, what a roller coaster that was. And then I and to be honest, with all the twists and everything, as much as I can complain about it and say, you know, the game makers have their play here, they're they're really moving the game along and everything. Like, what's the strategy? How do we even know what the relationships are? You're still sitting at the end wondering where are the votes gonna land. So I, yeah, kudos to the show. This is why it's always going to be a great show because you're always going to wonder. Will is there an idol at play? Where will the votes actually go? What's going to happen here? Can't get away from it. I just love it so much. But then Heidi, so Heidi casts her vote over there, does her play. Vote mm -hmm. for Jam Jam. I was thinking, so if you are at that tribal and you're one of those people sitting there, you don't know that Heidi's coming up with this. She all of a sudden sp speaks up. Matt's still wiping the tears from his eyes. Do you, does that change the way that you vote do you think the vote might have changed because of that or is did it play out the way that it was going to play out anyways they had talked about splitting the votes between matt and jam jam like just in yeah. case there was an idol so i don't think that it changed the outcome but maybe they just swapped who was 
voting for Matt and Jam Jam. Mm, yeah, that's true. But it still went. It still went pretty heavy against Matt. I still don't. They didn't even split really, right? Like I think they, Jamie and Brandon both voted for Matt. And yeah, it was three two, and I think only because Lawrence was forced. So yeah. it would have been four one. Yeah, it it kind of. I I I think I wonder if I would be frustrated, or if I would have conversations with people. It just seemed like they kept going about their business. Like they they, mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, okay, Lauren's vote has changed. Okay, let's go vote." And then there was, I don't know, there was no conversation, and so yeah. it seemed pretty locked in because of that. Yeah, I was expecting some whispering, some tribe chatter, um, tribal why chatter, Matt, like though? that sort. Of... Why Matt? Why is he gone? Yeah, why? Like, why is he the target? I think because of numbers. Jam 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 said it. He called it out. He's like, Matt's going back to that side of the late when he go when he survives in the morning. He's got four people over there mm-hmm. with him, so it's you got to get him because I've got nobody except for Carolyn. Whoops! Mm-hmm. <laughs> that moment did you catch that? Where he's like, I should probably shouldn't have said that, but that's my problem. Um, yeah. Is that I just say everything? So I think that was it. I think ultimately that's what it comes down to: is a break up Matt and Franny. Because he's on the block, give him, get him out now. But I think B, it's it's we don't want to give him a foot, a foothold there, to go back with the rest of the green. When we've got some Ratu here, we might actually be able to create traction here. Let's knock down Roka or Soka to uh, a peg. That was my thinking as well. Yeah. He had connections, more connections than Jam Jam. Also, yeah. I just want to highlight that Jam Jam had a couple just great moments this episode when he had his um, speech at, at Tribal Council. At one point, he says something like, I'm a teddy bear, but I yeah. can be a badass. And yeah, that's that was freaking so awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really loved that. There was another point actually before Tribal when everyone's kind of preparing for tribal and, and trying to figure out who where things are going that jam jam is talking to matt and they talk about what if they voted together and created a tie mm. if they split their votes and then mm. jam jam pauses and he's like i think that's the smartest thing i've said my whole time <laughs> right. being here yeah <laughs> that was, was good. pretty <laughs> smart and then they were talking about a split right so he was he was kind of right on top of that strategy wise yeah, yeah. right yeah, he's a, he's got some great lines. And it, uh, yeah, the badass teddy bear, I was thinking, that is the perfect description of yourself that you want people to see you as. That's great. And it's just too bad because, it, you know, and he said he's like, it's been like this for the last four votes. And I, I don't know that I I was like, for sure, one vote. But then, yeah, you go back to the 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 Tika sort yeah. of, you know, the, the small tribe. I, yeah, the three. You're like, oh, it's him. It's him. It's so yeah, he's really been scratching, clawing his way out of this um, for a while now. So is it just that people don't see him as a big enough threat to get him out? Is it that he really is schmoozing enough to sway the votes? Um, I'm I'm really fascinated by how somebody like that gets through that many close votes when he has ties to one, maybe two other people really 
in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy's doing a great job. Whatever's happening, it's it's going his way. It's is, but it must be exhausting. Holy crap! <laughs> it kind of brings up another point that I was thinking about. We were talking at the in the beginning when there was everyone was separated into three tribes, and Bruce went out first. But aside from him, every player that was voted out, I think for the first four tribals, was female. Mm-hmm. And aside from, and then again, aside from Matthew quitting, um, yeah, it just seemed to be pretty heavy. And people were talking about that, how the trend seems to be um, that women are targeted early in the game. At this point, I'm curious what you think. Is the target moving? Does it move after merge? Is it more open? Is it, does it focus on, males more or is it more equalized i mean we've seen josh be targeted a couple of times jam jam kind of targeted matt targeted does it shift without having thought too much about this i think at the beginning in the smaller tribes strength is prioritized and because of that women are seen as weaker in challenges and women are are being voted out at the merge. My assumption is that then threats are starting to be looked at in terms of who might be winning a lot of immunity idols or uh, individual immunities. Um, And then also who has social connections, I think would be another piece that people start to look at. And so Mm -hmm. that's when we have people like, Gabler and Erica kind of going under the radar because they mm-hmm. do have some of those qualities, but they're not as loud and as outspoken as as others. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I I think you really shift. You know, we had this conversation last time that we were together around mm-hmm. what is tribe strength, what does that look like, and and I think you get into the merge and tribe strength becomes individual strength, and so it's about who are you and or how do you get through. And anything that seems like, I don't think you target, I think what we've seen over the last few seasons is like Jonathan made it to the top five, right? I mean, this beast, this guy who should be a challenge beast was was allowed to go through essentially and not be targeted because he wasn't a threat to anybody's really individual game because mm-hmm. they just knew he's not going to win. So right. it's individuals deciding who amongst the 10 of us is the biggest threat to my game. And if the three of us decide that one other person is a threat to all of our games, then we can get together and say that person needs to go regardless of how physically or socially strong they are. There's something about them that we all see as a threat. And that's where it goes. That's how I think these conversations shift. So they look at Matt, and Matt becomes this threat to our game individually because Matt, though alone, doesn't seem like he has much. He's got he might have power in numbers and specifically power with Franny. So mm-hmm. he's got to go. So I guess what you are saying then is if you are a woman who's playing Survivor, your job is really just to get through the tribe stage. Because if you can get to merge, it blows wide open and you have a it's do you feel like there's less of a target if you can get to that stage i i don't think it it's 
black and white, especially with so many advantages and idols, like those really impact decisions. So even now, like Lauren's being talked about because she has uh, an extra vote. Danny's being talked about because he has a, a idol that people are now becoming aware of. And so with so many advantages in play, that brings the focus to different people that I don't think gender always is the only thing for sure that plays a role. There's so many other pieces. Okay, here's here's my last question about players for you guys. And you pick a player for this. Who? It seems like there's always one dud who makes it to the final. Somebody that just keeps getting dragged along. Who is that dud? Make your prediction. Jamie. I'm coming in. I agree with Jamie. I, I agree. <laughs> That's my, that would be my pick too. Steph, do you have a, a dud that you think is getting dragged to the final? I think Jamie, but also because her edit has shown her in a way where she has said things to camera, like, Oh, I know what's going on. I'm yep. friends with everybody. I have like just a deep understanding of everything that's happening. And so because she's been portrayed in that way, when we can see from a zoomed out perspective <clears throat> that she doesn't see everything that's happening, I would say that she's in in that role. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how this plays out uh, in the, in the weeks coming up. And, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking this year, this season watching with last seasons in mind, where you know Gabler, Gabler's whole thing was uh, what, like, hi, what? Oh my god! Just beneath the surface, what was his state? Alligator. Hiding, alligator. Well, hiding in plain sight, <laughs> oh. right? So the alligator. Yeah. But he said two, maybe three times throughout the episodes, like maybe episode, yeah. you know, four, episode eight, and then mm -hmm. at the end, hiding in plain sight, and that came out to be his winning remark with alligator. Like, so. I'm kind of watching for that this season to see like, what's the murder mystery that they're building for us? Like, what are the clues? Is production creating this the same way that they did last season where there's clues along the way? And it's something like that. It's Jamie saying, you know, I've got a magic wand ring and there it is. Could that be the thing that actually <laughs> wins her the game at the end? Like that's, yeah where my mind is going now it's actually drifting way more towards carolyn being the underdog and we're cheering yeah. for the underdog completely um but that maybe seems too obvious so then what's the other like that's how i'm kind of watching this at this point and i'd love to know if anybody else is as well um but that's just that's what's happened with this show over the last few years is we have to be aware of the tv show being produced not just the game at play. Um, before we wrap up, I just think it's important uh, for us to share exclusively on our podcast that Franny and Matt have gone out for Ethiopian food and that things seem to be going well in Frankenship land. So this yeah, is good. I just read that today. They're currently dating and still going strong. That's pretty sweet. We're so planning world. their road trip together. My heart can rest. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to go find them and be their friends. They're going to build a little nest together and, uh, you know, going with the bird analogy. That's where keep I'm going. Thinking. No, keep going. I want to <laughs> hear the, what happens next. Some eggs. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. You know, to, to finish Kel's reference from last week, it's, it's, it's K-I-S-S-I-N-G. 
is what happens when they sit in a tree. Um, does anybody else? Right. Did you hear that? Did you hear him watch that last week? Anyways, yes. Good. We do. <laughs> Uh, Shout out to our co-hosts. We love Kel and Lalette. We love listening to them, listening to their episodes. And we're so glad to be doing this with them Mm -hmm. together. Steph, with you. We Mm -hmm. love this. And uh, it's just always such a joy. Yeah, Steph, thanks so much for being with us, being our guest host. You did an incredible job. We're really excited uh, to see how your takes pan out. And we're excited for the next episode. So thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.